0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roadmap from Auto Finance News since 1996, the nation's leading newsletter on automotive lending and leasing. It's Monday, April 10th, and I'm Joey Pizzolatto, joined by Johnny Martinez and Riley Wolfbauer. This is our weekly wrap on what happened in auto finance for the week ending April 7th, 2023. In general economic news, U.S. payrolls rose at a more moderate pace last month as the unemployment rate fell, giving mixed signals to the Federal Reserve as it weighs a strong labor market against inflation. Non-farm payrolls increased 236,000 in line with forecasts after an upwardly revised 326,000 increase in February, according to the Bureau of Labor Statistics statistics. The unemployment rate fell to 3.5% and average hourly earnings climbed 4.2% from a year ago, below estimates and the slowest pace since June 2021. Economists at S&P Global expect the Federal Reserve to increase interest rates a quarter point one more time this year as the central bank attempts to battle inflation and contagion fears in the credit markets. U.S. annual inflation rate was 6% for the 12 months ended February, compared with 6.4% in January and 7.9% in February 2022, according to the most recent U.S. Labor Department data published March 14th. March CPI numbers are expected on Wednesday. In auto finance, used vehicle values creep back towards 2022 levels in March amid tight used inventory marking the fourth month of C- consecutive sequential increases. The Manheim used vehicle value index rose 1.5% month over month on a seasonally adjusted basis to 238.1, but remained down 2.4% compared with the same reporting period last year. The index has posted year-over-year declines since September 2022. Sequential increases in the used car values are slowing, however, with the spring bounce looking to have peaked in February. The index rose 4.3% from January to February. Monthly payments on new vehicles also went up in the fourth quarter. Riley, what's going on there?
1: Yeah, uh, consumers who finance new vehicles in the first quarter are making a record monthly payment of $730 a month, which is up 11.3% year over year, um, according to Edmonds. Um, So, of those consumers um, that were rent or that are financing a new vehicle in Q1, 16.8% of those consumers committed to a monthly payment of $1,000 or more, which is also a record high. Uh, Monthly payments are rising due to many consumers are purchasing the higher ticketed item vehicles such as large trucks, large SUVs, and uh, luxury vehicles. So that's really pushing um, the prices overall to go up. Uh, A lot of consumers who originated a loan in the first quarter, they tried to take longer terms to taper down the monthly payment, um, but it's actually not really helping consumers to lower the monthly payment as much as they would hope because consumers who took a a 67 to 72 month loan are paying an average of $730 a month with an average APR of 7.7% and consumers who took out a loan 73 to 84 months are paying above the average at $746 a month with an APR of 8.47%. So when we typically have looked in the past of extending terms to lower monthly payment, that's not really working anymore for consumers. So the only way that they have to turn to look for lower price vehicles or to lower the monthly payment is to get a lower price vehicle. And But those are also much harder to come by than they used to be in the market. Right, and analysts
0: on Wall Street expect high average transaction prices on new vehicles to persist for the foreseeable future as automakers prioritize more profitable models, like you said, amid ongoing industry headwinds. Meanwhile, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau made headlines last week with a decision from the Second Circuit Court of Appeals finding that the CFPB's funding structure was constitutional, adding another layer of complexity to the case the U.S. Supreme Court is slated to hear next term. Riley, how does the Second Circuit Court's decision affect the forthcoming SCOTUS case?
1: Yeah, so the Second Circuit Court's decision... um directly opposes the Fifth Circuit's decision. So the Fifth Circuit heard the case in the fall of 2022. Um, They were looking at the funding of the CFPB and the Fifth Circuit Court in October 2022 said that the Bureau's funding was uh, not constitutional. So now the Second Court, it came in front of them again, or came in front of the Second Court, which the Second Court looks over cases in New York, um, Vermont, and Connecticut. So the second court was hearing a case over the CFPB's funding, and they found that the that the CFPB's funding structure is actually constitutional. Um, actually, let me back up for a second, because what's being reviewed is the CFPB receives their funding From the Federal Reserve rather than through annual congressional appropriations, like most um, executive agencies do. Um, So, the decision of the Second Court opposing the Fifth Circuit Court's decision doesn't directly affect the decision that SCOTUS is going to make when they hear the case um, in the fall. It really just gives scotus another perspective and another case to look at to consider and them making their own decision right right and this the
0: the reason why the you uh cfpb's case is important here just to add to what you've said is um right now like you said they get their money from the fed and um if congress has to approve their funding then you bring in a whole layer of political complexities if you will um to influence the bureau so this is a, a very important case that we'll continue to keep an eye on turning over to power sports johnny's back on the show this week and will be every week from here on out um as long as he is around and not traveling uh, for industry events um so johnny what's going on in power sports this week
2: yeah so on the power sports uh Front This week, kind of a trend we've been seeing in this industry is an increased demand for consumer financing of their power sports vehicles. So during the pandemic, a lot more people had disposable income, they were able to buy some of their vehicles outright, or they were able to, you know, put larger down payments and smaller amounts of financing. Now we're seeing financing up as much as 15 percent in some areas where people are just trying to finance their vehicles. They still want to be in the power sports industry. They still want to have these new vehicles or, or these vehicles that are just new to them from what they've had before. But they're relying more on financing as the economic conditions kind of change. So we'll see as we get later into the year, as you know, the economic conditions continue to, to churn out kind of see what exactly consumers want to do. But as of now, they're not afraid of the interest rates. They're still looking to stay in the industry and finance their vehicles. So it's just going to be something for us to continue to watch.
0: Right. And Johnny also wrote an excellence piece last week on best practices for creating an online marketplace for power sports dealers and lenders uh, and OEMs for that matter. So check that out. That about does it for today's episode. Be on the lookout later this week as Chase Auto, CarMax Auto Finance, and PNC kick off first quarter earnings seasons. season. Singular. Thanks for joining us on the roadmap, and be sure to follow us on LinkedIn. We will see you online at autofinance.net.news.net and here next time.